Hello and welcome to day 70 of our Bible reading course. While Matthew and Luke have supplemented Mark's Gospel with other material, Mark remains a concise, punchy and fast-moving account of the ministry of Jesus. Our passage today is Mark chapter 8 verse 22 to chapter 9 verse 37. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I praise you for strengthening and sustaining me through these strange and difficult days. May your word continue to nourish and encourage me, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. After six days Jesus took Peter, James and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, they were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. 
Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, Why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can come out only by prayer. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last, and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Mark isn't just a quick-paced writer who pays no attention to detail. There's a careful method in his style, 
In particular, he emphasises the way that some people, notably the religious leaders, fail to grasp and understand who Jesus really is, while others are beginning to do so and putting their faith in him. To illustrate this, Mark records two stories of blind men being healed, one here and another later on at the end of chapter 10. They form a kind of inclusio, describing what's going on throughout this section of the book. So it's no coincidence that the healing here is immediately followed by the incident at Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus asks what people are saying about him. Some are saying this, and others that. But Peter famously declares in verse 29, You are the Messiah. The scales are falling from his eyes. But then rather curiously, Jesus forbids him from sharing this news with anyone else just as he told the blind man to go straight home without telling others about his healing. Why so? It's what's referred to as the messianic secret in Mark, for which there may be a number of reasons. One is that knowledge of Jesus' identity is something that must be spiritually discerned, and this can only come through revelation from God, as Matthew makes clear in his account of this incident. Another practical reason is that if the crowds found out that Jesus believed he was the Messiah, all their misconceptions of someone leading a rebellion against the Romans could be triggered and thus derail his true purpose. Which is, of course, to suffer and die for the sins of the world. Again, it's no accident that Jesus introduces this new information for the first time straight after Peter's confession, and will mention it twice more in the coming chapters. It seems that spiritual sight will come in stages to the disciples, in the same way that it did to the blind man. From here we ascend a mountain, either Hermon in the north, or perhaps Tabor in Galilee, where there's a wonderful church commemorating this event. Peter, James and John, Jesus' three closest disciples, have their eyes opened now to his divine glory. They also hear that same voice of approval that spoke at Jesus' baptism. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. On the way down the mountain, Jesus once again tells them to keep this quiet, until he had risen from the dead. And then at the bottom, another dramatic pastoral situation presents itself, in which the key requirement is the same. Faith in who Jesus really is. Everything is possible for the one who believes. Today's passage contains a number of instances of significant revelation and growth in the faith of Jesus' disciples. As I look back over my own Christian life, what similar moments come to mind? What did I learn and experience in them? How have they shaped me? And what might help me continue to grow? When Peter tried to rebuke Jesus for speaking about his sufferings ahead, Jesus turned the rebuke around, because Peter was looking at things through human rather than divine lenses. Is there any situation going on for me at the moment, or someone close to me, where I, or they, need to check that we have the right perspective? Lord, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. 
was the honest confession of the man whose son was unwell. Is there anything about which I want to pray this same prayer today? Lord Jesus, the reading describes how, as soon as the people saw you, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet you. May something of that joy and desire to be in your presence characterise my own Christian life. And I pray again for someone whose eyes seem currently to be closed to who you are and what you've done for them at the cross. Heal their spiritual blindness, I ask, that they might see your glory and come to believe in you as Saviour and Lord. Amen.